0: Hey, buddy Lawyers, welcome to the podcast. Today we are going to have a chat with Ms. Priyasha Kuri. Ms. Priyasha is a corporate lawyer and an entrepreneur in the legal domain. She not only cleared the QLTS examination, but also started a venture named QLTS Geek and Connected Law. Hi, Priyasha. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Prasanna. Thanks for having me here.
0: Yeah. So firstly, congratulations on starting these startups in the legal doing. And let's uh, start with this. Please tell us about both of your startups.
1: Perfect. Uh, first of all, Prasanna, I'm super excited to be here today and to uh, speak to you know, your, all the students who are following you. Uh, happy to talk about uh, to the, uh, you know, my two startups. One is uh, Connected Law and the other one is QLTS Geek. Uh, so Connected Law is a law firm based in the United Arab Emirates, uh, which is, you know, in the Middle East, for those of you who might not know.
0: Yeah, uh, Dubai is more famous than UAE. Yeah,
1: exactly. In fact, for a long time, I didn't really know anything about the Middle East. And well, somehow I landed up in the Middle East. <laughs> so I think, uh, you know, sometimes you just never know where life takes you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so at Connected Law, you know, we call ourselves a new age law firm. And what we do is we help connect clients with senior lawyers and boutique law firms with the who have the relevant expertise. So just to give you an example, um, you know, if a client is looking for IP assistance, then what we do is we connect the client with the law firm who specifically does IP work. Okay. Um, also you know, a lot of uh, senior lawyers, uh, they set up their own practice. So what we do is we try and help, we give them a platform where they can collaborate with other lawyers. So for example, a corporate lawyer can refer disputes to a litigation lawyer, or they can refer IP work to, you know, an IP lawyer so so that's what we are aiming to do with connected law we connect people we connect clients with lawyers and we connect lawyers with each other as well
0: so in short we can see that you are zomato for lawyers
1: um, yeah you could probably just say that actually you know the, probably a better app is uh, like a better word is the uber we call ourselves like yeah. Uber for lawyers <laughs> Um, so that's that's connected law.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, in terms of QLTS Geek, uh, QLTS Geek is an application. It's a web and a mobile application, which is meant to help uh, students with uh, qualifying as a solicitor in the UK. So that's what we do at the moment. Although uh, we're in the process of revamping and rebranding ourselves, we do want to now not just be uh, an app for let's say the UK, we also want to expand into other areas and hopefully India as well, where we sort of help, um, where we help law students with preparing for exams, or law related exams. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, we're in the process of rebranding and yeah, so if any of you are interested in taking part in a project, then, you know, feel free to let me know and, and we can, um, you know, happy to, happy to always have helping hands.
0: Yeah, great. Yo, uh, I'll put your LinkedIn contact in the bio so you, you all can check it out.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. Thanks, Prasanna.
0: Okay, so what is this QLTS exam for, like, you can explain it in short, because many people may not know it. And how is the exam format of QLTS? And how is this exam conducted?
1: Uh, uh, So the QLTS stands for Qualified Lawyers Transfer Scheme, and this exam is meant for uh, foreign qualified lawyers who wish to qualify as a solicitor in the UK. So for example, if you're a lawyer, if you're an advocate in India, then you can write the QLTS exam. And if you clear the exam, then you can become an English solicitor. Uh, now why do people write this exam? Uh, the, there are two key reasons why people would like to take this exam. One is you know, if you want to practice in the UK mm-hmm. in the future, then uh, you know, of course you would need to be qualified in the UK and so you would have to take this exam. The second uh, reason why people take this is it's always good to have an international qualification, which is globally recognized. So the English qualification is something which holds a lot of prestige Mm. uh, world over. So if you're an English qualified solicitor, then people will always give you, you know, a level of, let's say, certain (laughs) respect. When you go to different uh, jurisdictions, especially if you want to practice internationally. Also, it's more recognized. Uh, so, just to give you a little bit of an example, um, you know, Mr. Gopal Subramaniam, he recently, you know, officially became a barrister in the UK. And I think the same was for Haris Salve as well. Hmm. Because, you know, and, and why the things that they already, you know, acclaimed lawyers in India, but why? did they really need to get that additional qualification? And I think it's because there's a certain level of prestige associ- associated with being you know, an English qualified lawyer. Um, so, so, yeah, I would say these are the two key reasons why people take the QLTS. Now, in terms of the format, uh, you know, the QLTS comprises of two, uh, uh, two, it's, it comprises of two parts. Uh, The first is the MCT which is the multiple choice test and the second is the OSCE, uh, OSCE. Now the first level essentially is uh, a multiple choice exam of about like 180 questions. It's actually quite challenging even though it sounds easy multiple choice but you know it does involve Quite a lot of preparation, and there are about eleven subjects involved. So you know, going through them can be a little challenging, especially if you're working. If you're not working, then I would say it's a bit easier because then you have more time. Uh, So the the subjects range from English legal system, constitutional law, contracts, dots, criminal law, business law. So essentially, all the basic subjects that you would you would need to study in any jurisdiction to qualify as a lawyer. Yeah. So that exam can uh, can be taken online and you have various exam centers spread across throughout the world. So you do have a few exam centers in India as well. There are a couple of centers in the UAE and then of course, in London, and Singapore and all the common law countries. Uh, The second level is the OSCE, the O-S-C-E. And the second level is more of a practical exam where you actually need to travel to the UK and you have various assessments such as interviewing a client. Um, So you actually meet a real sort of an actor, but a client and you need to conduct an interview for the client. Uh, There's a presentation that you need to do before a client or even a judge where you're basically doing a little bit of advocacy work. Uh, there's legal research, uh, there's legal drafting, and there's legal writing. So okay. it's quite a practical uh, assessment that needs to be uh, taken in London. Uh, now, just before I, you know, finish completing talking about the QLTS, I, I would also like to let, uh, you know, all the uh, whoever's uh, list the audience know, is that there is a new exam coming up. So the UK, they're essentially replacing the QLTS. So the QLTS is basically in the process of being phased out. And by 2022, you will no longer be able to take the QLTS. And what you would have to take is the SQE. It's called the Solicitors Qualifying Examination. Now, this is quite a big change in the UK because this exam is not just meant for foreign lawyers. meant for everybody who wants to qualify as a solicitor in the uk so just to give you an example like earlier qlts was only meant for foreign lawyers and if you if you studied in the uk and you if you're taking the llb in the uk then you would have had to get a training contract in order to qualify as a solicitor now they're totally removing the whole concept of a training contract and what they've uh, what they're implementing instead is the sqe so if you let's say if you study the llb in the uk then you would have to actually take the SQE to qualify as a solicitor. So essentially, this is an exam which is more of a unified exam for everybody. So even foreign lawyers will now have to take the SQE in order to qualify as a solicitor. And um, they're actually implementing the SQE from September 2021. Okay. Uh, there is a little bit of a transition period for those people who've already taken the first level of the QLTS but you know I think for most law students what would now be relevant is the SQE. Now in terms of the format uh, the SQE is pretty much uh, in a way very similar there's there are two parts there's sqe1 and there's sqe2 the sqe1 is again a multiple choice exam and the sqe2 is more of a practical exam and it's pretty much similar you have client interview client advocacy uh, legal research drafting and writing um the only difference being is that i, I feel like it's probably a little more difficult sqe1 like for, for example mct had 180 questions but uh, the sqe1 it has about 360 questions and it's spread across two days because uh, you know the 180 questions was it's actually you know you have it, it's a, it's an assessment over about 4 hours so it is a bit of a marathon i would say with mm-hmm. a break in between so a total of maybe about 5 hours um, whereas the sqe1 now is 360 questions and it's spread across two days and uh, and in terms two of yeah, two days. Okay. <laughs> so it's pretty much, um, uh, I mean, the subjects are almost the same. There are slight differences. In fact, the syllabus has increased a bit more. Um, it's a bit uh, like you have a little bit more subjects to cover, but the format is pretty much the same. Uh, I think they will have centers all across the world.
0: Hmm. So the major, major difference here is that now there's a common examination for yeah. foreign lawyers, and as well as those who study their law from uh, UK itself, and it is more difficult now than the previous exam.
1: Yeah, I would say so because you know they would want to make it difficult so that um, you know re- so that you know there's a certain level of standard maintained. Um, so yeah, I would say that you're also co- competing with people in who's studying in the UK, right? So hmm. it's a case where you know they Let's say the level might be a little high because when it comes to foreign lawyers, let's say that they would sort of understand that uh, maybe the level of proficiency in English might not be that great. so they would sort of account for that when they're making their assessments. But now you' are competing with people who you know who are in the UK and uh, so you know the past percentage, there could be a slight difference. Of okay. course, we don't know, uh, you know, it's being implemented in September 2021. So we'll get to see in the next couple of years how the new assessment is being implemented.
0: Yeah, this is just a prediction uh, and from you because you have experience of teaching people, coaching people how to crack the exam. So that's valid. Also, um, uh, so regarding the subject, you told us... Uh, Contract and English legal system and so many these are the subjects. But if you want to rate it uh, on a scorecard, uh, the according to a level of difficulty, which subject is more difficult uh, than the other ones? Like difficult as in uh, it takes more preparation.
1: So I think when it comes to the first level, uh, the multiple choice test, I would say uh, the more challenging subjects are property law and uh, equity and trusts. Because, uh, you know, uh, we have a lot of concepts which can be a little challenging, things like easements Hmm. and property law generally has, uh, you know, certain concepts which are a little difficult to grasp, even equity and trust for that matter, because it's a very... It's a, it's a concept you don't really come across every day, uh, you know, every day, like for example, business law is something that you would come across every day if you're a corporate lawyer, but equity and trust and property law can be, uh, can have like certain concepts, which you probably have not really come across in your home countries like in India. Uh, so I would say property law and trusts are challenging. The rest of them are I said I would say manageable. There's of course taxation taxation can of, of course always be taxes always a little bit of a you know tricky subject anywhere that you go. Uh, there's also solicitors accounts which can be a little difficult because as lawyers we're not really accountants so mm-hmm. to, to grasp those accounting concepts it can take time. So I would say these are the key subjects which are difficult in the first level Uh, In the second level, I would say uh, in terms of the more practical assessments, uh, it can be uh, civil and criminal litigation can be a little challenging for those people who are not used to litigation subjects. So for example, I'm a corporate lawyer. So for me, it took me a little while to grasp certain concepts in civil and criminal litigation. Um, The other challenging bit I would say is um, it's of course this tax, which is challenging and business law as well, like for the second level where it's a little bit more of a practical assessment, I would say business law can be challenging because there are a lot of uh, sections you might have to memorize. There are a lot of concepts which are, um, you know, which which you'll have to sort of grasp, which can be a little, uh, you know, difficult to do uh, when you're used to a different sort of a legal system um so i would just say that there's a lot to keep in mind a lot of lot to memorize for business law so it's actually i would say a bit of a challenge so even as a corporate lawyer for me i found it i found it a bit challenging
0: mm-hmm. okay so uh how much does it usually cost like can you give a rough idea and uh are there any kind of fee waivers for especially foreign students because uh taking this exam the Pieces in dollars, so especially people from like India and similar countries, it will be very. The cost must be very high, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say yeah. The first level is about uh, you know it's about like thousand pounds. I'm I'm not sure in dollars how much that would be, uh, and the second part is about uh, you know thousand five hundred pounds. Uh, I, I mean, these are really approximate. Rates and that's the QLT. Mm. The SQE in total is about, I would say, two thousand five hundred pounds in total. I could be wrong. Don't quote me. But uh, you know, yeah, it's a rough idea. Yes, it's just a rough idea. To my knowledge, there are no fee waivers as such. Um, Having said that, these are not the only costs that you incur. You know, for these exams, you also need to take into account that you might have to subscribe to uh, training provider because it's very difficult to prepare by yourself um and then you also have to take into account okay let's say in the future if you were to travel to London to take the second level there are quite a few expenses it's your visa expenses your stay because for the second part I forgot to mention but you have to be in London for close to two weeks because it's an exam spread across uh six days Hmm. hmm So almost, you know, maybe a week or a week and a half, you will have to be in London. And it's always better to come a little bit in advance, right, to come in a few days before so that you acclimatize yourself and then you, you you know, you figure out how to travel and things like that. So, you know, you have to account for a few days before the exam. Uh, So all of these expenses really add up. So uh, I would say it makes sense if you, if you're um, you know this exam makes sense if you if you have the funds to to go ahead with it and if you uh but if you, if you if you if you don't have the funds and you're not sure whether this exam is going to be useful then i would say then probably think about it whether you really want to take the qlts because let's say that if you want to go to another country like canada or australia Then you'd rather just take the Canadian bar. Because some people, what they think is that, okay, let's take the QLTS and in the future I'll take the Canadian bar. Or in the future I'll qualify as as an Australian solicitor as well. I would say, uh, you know, try and take a few steps back. If your ultimate goal is to go to a country like Canada or Australia, then uh, just focus on clearing the bar exam in that country and forget about the QLTS. you can probably think about it later because it is an expensive exam so you you need you need to be clear with what your goals are and why you're taking this exam
0: right right okay now let's get uh, back uh, a little back when you cleared this exam so we would like to know how did you plan for the exam and uh, what were the you know kind of tips you want to give
1: so uh, the thing is that when I, uh, one of the things in the Middle East is that you have a lot of English law firms. So, uh, you know, they do recognize the English uh, law qualification. So, in fact, a lot of job opportunities here as well. Uh, you would see that one of the requirements is a UK qualified lawyer. Hmm. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why when I came to the Middle East, I thought, OK, you know, it might just make sense for me to take the uh, you know, to take this assessment, to take this exam and qualify. Also, of course, at that point in time, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was working in a law firm, so I was able to sort of manage my budget in such a way that I could actually afford the exam. Uh, so that's where, that's the reason why I took the QLTS in the first place. Uh, in terms of the first level, you uh, I mean, I would just say that the challenge was, I to be honest, I prepared uh, for the first level in about two to three months, which is not ideal. I I feel like you need to have at least four four months apportioned for the exam. Uh, But yeah, managing uh, work and uh, studying can be a little challenging. So I used to essentially prepare uh, during my weekend. So I didn't really have a life during my weekends for those couple of months. Um, so that was the first level. Uh, the second level was uh, again. I devoted a little bit more time. I, I I think I started about six months in advance, and although my the intensity only increased, uh, you know, towards the end. Uh, but yeah, it was similar. Uh, you know, it was uh, just reading and studying during my weekends, or sometimes early in the morning, or you know, in the evening after coming back from work. Okay. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, November was when I had given the exam, November twenty to uh, two thousand and seventeen, and I actually got married in September two thousand and seventeen. So you know, I did all of this, you know, while uh, getting by uh, preparing for my wedding as well. But I somehow, uh, I'm, I guess I suppose I'm a bit of a career-oriented person, so I somehow. Mm-hmm. You know like just devoted the time to study for the exam as well i did fly into london a few days before the exam to just settle down which i found was very useful and and yeah i mean like i think the six days were challenging because you know when you're working you're not really used to a test you're not used to taking a test you're not used to being assessed so the six days i would say it was challenging because you have like Because there are 18 assessments in total, you know, and they're all different types, right? You have one is an interview with a client, the other one is advocacy, then you have research, drafting, writing. Um, So I would say, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a challenge, but it was interesting, you know, Uh, once you clear the challenge, you're, you know, you feel, you know, it's it's a good feeling. So definitely clearing the QLDS was an interesting experience. And, and I would say it was great to learn as well, you know, Uh, It was, you know, when you practice all the mocks for these practical assessments, I feel like you become a better lawyer, you, for example, you improve on your interviewing skills, you improve on your advocacy skills, you improve your research, writing, because you learn a lot of uh, many skills along the way. And I also feel like in the UK, they place a lot of importance on professional conduct, which is not as much as, in. I just felt like in India, there was not that much of an emphasis. So I feel like I learned a lot in terms of professional conduct and ethics in terms of the different concepts and why lawyers have to do certain things in certain ways. Um, and I feel like th- those are really best practices in, in the legal profession. So for me to learn that, I, I just feel like I, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Because I feel like ethics is really the cornerstone of the legal profession. Um, And I feel like in the UK, they really put an emphasis on that. So I I really enjoyed
0: that. Great. I mean, especially uh, preparing for such exam while you're preparing for your wedding too, that was really challenging, I guess. I don't know how you managed
1: it. Yeah, well, the thing (laughs) is... clearly I didn't uh, I disregarded uh, preparing much for the wedding so I was lucky because my husband's sister in fact my sister-in-law is a wedding planner so oh. I didn't really have to do anything I just uh, had to make sure that I had a dress that's about it and then <laughs> I just landed up and did a lot a lot of last minute shopping in fact two days before my wedding I just figure out some accessories and stuff to go with my dress, and yeah, that, that that's the plan that I did.
0: Yeah, so those were quite memorable experiences you have now.
1: Yeah, yeah, true.
0: Okay, um, what do you think are the common challenges usually faced by students appearing for this exam, and also what are the common mistakes they usually commit?
1: I guess the first common challenge, of course, is funding, Uh, you know, not many people would have the funds to I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it was for me as well, somehow figuring out the budget to take this exam. Um, And the second challenge would be balancing uh, studying and working, because it's not easy, right? You're quite especially if you're practicing as a lawyer, you don't really have much time anyways. Hmm. Uh, so it's, it's quite a challenge to prepare for uh, this assessment, especially if you're not even used to taking an exam once you start working. So those are the two key challenges. When it comes to the common mistakes people make, I feel like uh, you know, people uh, tend to not practice their mock tests enough because you need to remember that this is more of a practical assessment. So even for the multiple choice exam, it's quite, um, you know, it's quite practical. So the questions are very practical in nature. So you need to really practice a lot of mocks in order to, you know, in order to be able to attempt them. Uh, So a lot of students, what I feel they do is that they Uh, they read the textbooks, they want to cover all the theory, and only then they want to practice the mocks. But that I would say that that's the wrong approach, you need to study and you need to practice the mocks at the same time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means practicing a mock, even if you haven't really studied the subject, you know, because I feel like when you practice a mock, then you understand how you need to study then you understand how, what are the important topics and how you can sort of, and then you can plan your studying, you know? So I would say um, it's always useful to get an overview of all the subjects and then, um, and then quickly start practice, practicing the mocks. Once you practice the mocks, then you would understand what are the key topics in each subject and then you can focus a little bit on, on that. Especially for the second part of the exam, because it's really practical, you know, legal writing, drafting, um, research, uh, client interview, um, client interview and, and, and advocacy. Uh, it's very important to manage your time well. And, uh, and that's where practice comes into play. You know, if you don't practice, then you would not know how to manage your time. You would not know how to study. So that's my tip the most important tip that I would say to everybody is don't forget about your mock tests. Uh, studying is important, but uh, practice your mocks and then study at the same time side by side. So you need to really maintain this uh, delicate balance.
0: Right, uh, the more you practice, you will get an idea how the exam is conducted, like what type of questions are asked, or what, uh, from what topic it's, uh, the questions are more frequent. So that will help a lot, right?
1: yeah that's exactly the case in fact a lot of people who don't hear the exam they haven't really practiced you know so uh it's uh that's the common mistake that people make
0: mm-hmm. okay so talking about qlts geek uh, there will be many there may be many institutes helping students in the in the preparation of this exam how is qlts geek different from them and what are your future plans with this project
1: yeah, I mean, QL uh, QLTS uh, Geek is uh, is I would say it's more of a supplement at this stage. So I wouldn't say that QLTS Geek is a replacement for any of the other institutes. I really respect what a lot of the institutes do because I know it's a it's a, it's a, it's a really tough job to help you know candidates qualify an exam. There's a lot of course material to prepare. You have to help them with the mocks as well. The idea of QLTS Geek is to essentially help um, students and candidates with bite-sized information. So uh, I think the the one place where a lot of institutes probably, you know, uh, fail is that they they bombard candidates with so much information that sometimes you don't even know where to start. So with QLTS Geek, the idea is to provide everybody with really bite-sized information and with cheat sheets and flashcards where you can actually learn on the go. Because when I was actually preparing for QLTS as a working lawyer, I just felt like I I wanted an app, you know, an application where I could just study or revise while I was traveling or while I was waiting in the office for something. Uh, You know, of course I didn't want to carry on my heavy law books around. Hmm. Uh, you know, and all of us, we carry our phones wherever we go, right? So I wanted something where uh, I thought it would be great to create an app where people could study on the go, with, and you know, with bite-sized information. So that's how QLTS came into being. We, uh, We have flashcards on English law subjects. We have cheat sheets as well. And we have a few mock tests for the first part of the exam, but not for the second part. Um, so creating, I have to, I'll be honest, creating content can be a little bit of a challenge. So we have, you know, we have like, uh, reasonably good content at the moment, but, uh, we are looking to, uh, have more content for the SQE as well. And what we're also planning to do is we're planning to make it a little bit of a marketplace where people can actually upload their notes and, you know, like sell it to, uh, and, and it's more of a marketplace where other candidates can buy content as well. But of course, initially we are going to be vetting the content. Um, we will make sure that the content is uh, is up to a good, up to the standards that we've set for ourselves, which is bite-sized and you know um, content which is very structured. So. Uh, that's what Kubernetes Geek is about so we we essentially help you with providing an overview of all the subjects and that's called like a summary or a bird's eye view we have flashcards we have cheat sheets on subjects and I think that's essentially useful for those people who want to study or revise on the go right agree. and we also have like mock tests like mock exams for the first level which is the multiple choice exam
0: So for the second level, uh, what uh, do you have in the app?
1: Yeah, for the second level, we have uh, essentially flashcards and cheat sheets. In fact, Mm -hmm. we're now looking to partner with various UK publishers so that we can get their content on our app. So hopefully, you know, we were able to uh, get that done pretty soon. And, you know, uh, maybe even a podcast (laughs) on English law subjects.
0: Sure, sure. That would be great. Okay. Um, please share an incident from your career, which is very memorable to you.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. That's a tough question as well. I think the key uh, memorable events are, uh, I would say, you know, the time that I got my job, right? The first time that I cleared and got, uh, got my job at Trilegal, I would say that was memorable. The first few years were memorable. They were really challenging and difficult, and you know I was questioning myself and my credibility a lot of times. Um, so I would say you know those were memorable. And then of course the times with my mentors, the mentors who I, uh, who helped me with uh, becoming a better lawyer, uh, those were memorable. And then um, and then for me. Uh, A couple of other key, I would say, milestone events was me getting a secondment with uh, BG, uh, BG, which is actually like British gas. It's an oil and gas company. Uh, I would say that working in-house and getting that secondment opportunity was an amazing experience. Uh, Me moving from Mumbai to Dubai was also very memorable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then me now, of course, now taking the plunge into entrepreneurship. It is really challenging, but, well, I suppose it would make for a good memory, maybe two, three years down the line. Uh, But, yeah, it it is challenging at the moment because uh, it's been about a year and then I recently had a baby as well. So managing motherhood, work, entrepreneurship. Uh, is the challenge but uh, I'm very keen to make it work out uh, because then I think I would be able to set an example for many people as well and make the road easier for uh, you know the coming generation of women
0: agree agree. that's something uh, good uh, I can hear uh, from a budding entrepreneur (laughs) a senior lawyer but budding entrepreneur okay uh thank you so much priyasha for this informative conversation and sharing your experience with us and thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you like this episode please 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 share this episode with your colleagues your your friends who may benefit from this information and also if you want to stay connected with us do follow us here so that you don't miss out a new episode thank you
1: thank you prasanna